Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The European Le Mans series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Still Ferrari, Porsche and Aston Martin, the main players, the only players in the GTE, but a number of them, and of course in Ferrari's almost backyard, of course Grand Prix beckon the, the Tifosi to this part of the world. Sadly, this event being held behind closed doors, but they will be uh, eager to get back into this venue uh, for the ELMS next season and beyond. A uh, calendar not yet announced for season 2022, but I'm sure Monza's not going to be very far away from it. He's one of those Ferraris that rates the Iron Links car. Matteo Cressoni, Rino Mastronardi, Miguel Molina. That's been a tough nut to crack for the remainder of the field. Yeah, and uh, the other thing we should remember, which I've not actually mentioned a great deal of this season, is success ballast, because it's, it won the previous race, it was third a race before that, and is a championship leader. There's actually 35 kilos for company on the number eight car, which could affect uh, that machine around here, because there's a lot of hard stops, and then you've got to get the car back up to speed again a number of times around the lap. So definitely the 80 car has uh, some weight to fight this weekend. Aston Martin for John Hartshorn, Ross Gunn and Ollie Hancock. Presumably Ross being put in for qualifying duties. Indeed, and uh, it's bright white Aston Martin. Expect a different livery on that one for Le Mans because it will be a car that will be at Le Mans 24 hours this year. The good years being bolted on. And cars ready to go very shortly indeed unmistakable signs of Monza just behind that old control tower we'll be able to see through the trees the end of the old banking yeah which rejoins the current track just at the exits of Parabolica and astounding to think that you know that wasn't a separate track it was part of the same lap you, oh, yeah. would, do, you would do the lap we're doing today and, and then, then go up onto the banking and do a full oval lap and that was your lap of Monza uh, incredible, and I love the fact that it, you know, pretty much all of it still exists to this day yeah. um, around the, this mightily historic Royal Park, uh, celebrating its centenary in 2022. Underway in just under a minute's time, we had a slight delay after a couple of red flags in the preceding Michelin Cup qualifying, so slightly later in getting underway than, uh, than planned. So the drama will be no less for all that. It is really only slightly later. I think we're a minute out. This was scheduled to be a 125 session, and it's going to get going at 126. So very good work indeed from all those in race control and down at ground level as well, looking after the clear-up within a, a difficult qualifying session, as Graham mentions in LMP3, which had two red flags because of the same car. If you weren't with us for that... It will be uh, in the archive for you to revisit because it was a bizarre old session and uh, that has had a little impact, therefore, Seven, on the three-pronged six, qualifying five, in ELMS. Four, you only get 10 three, minutes in this rather than two, 15 in one. the Long Cup. Pit exit is open for the European Le Mans Series LMGT qualifying session. Please remind drivers of the need to respect track limits and we do apologise for the delay. That's very nice of Eduardo. Not really his fault. It's almost taking the blame there. I, I think. think he is shouldering it, yeah. Three, um, three Iron Lynx cars in formation. The head of this 
this uh, pack, then the GMW car, then the Aston Martin. We've got aboard those cars. It's from uh, Paolo Roberti and the number 69 links. It's Jody Fanin and Fanini here, of course, the number 66 GMW motorsport car. Jimmy Bruni, the car. And the Iron Links number 80 will have Miguel Molina. Michelle Gatti takes the wheel of the 83 Iron Dames Iron Links car. Uh, Ricard Leitz in the 93 Proton competition. Ross Gunn, you're completely correct at the wheel of the number 95 Aston Martin. Uh, it's a bit of a race, and we'll explain that in a moment. This is the, this is that car. Alessandro Pierre Guidi uh, guesting at the wheel of that car. And then the final car out of pit lane, it is Messia Rivera at the wheel of the 88. And I think here, while we've got the cars on the outlap, Johnny, a moment to pass on our best wishes to a long-time member of the LMS family, Matt Griffin, yeah. who's not with us this weekend, uh, was called home after very sadly hearing that his father had passed away. Matt, we're all thinking of you and the family. Um, looking forward to seeing you again soon. Uh, we hope that what goes ahead from here goes as well as these things ever can be. You are missed. Your father is missed more. A fantastic supporter of Matt's career for the whole of his racing life, and that's a, a very big hole to fill. Um, be, being replaced here at short notice by Ferrari factory driver Alessandro Pierre Guidi. I know Ali would prefer not to be doing that this weekend, but I'm sure we'll do you proud. Yeah, thinking of you, Matt. Um, so the Pierre Guidi car will come around in a moment or two to set its time. Um, Miguel Molina, Michel Gatting, if I iron links, they were at the sharp end of the queue. And the 80 and 83 cars begin their hot laps with already two and a bit minutes gone in the session and we're really keeping our fingers crossed that this continues without a stoppage because if you got 15 minutes for the long cup events was tricky with a red flag or two 10 minutes is even tighter and um, therefore it's just better to try and continue things on as uh, planned on the timetable at the time we lost earlier on virtually already caught up and that means that we'll have uh, about 10 minutes downtime before another 10 minute LMP3 session and then a 10 minute LMP2 session they'll get busier because 16 cars due to be in LMP3 and I know we've lost one or two but uh, the thick end of 20 cars anyway in LMP2 as well so pride at stake for the Ferrari teams opportunity at stake for the Porsche and Aston Martin team here and well, Rodney, this is a circuit, if I recall correctly, that Porsche have got a very good record at in qualifying in the past. But, uh, Miguel Molina out there and running at the moment before we start getting into the really quick stuff. Quickest on the outlap moment, in fact, quickest on the, uh, the first flying lap, most gunner moment going through the purple sectors uh, one and two. Jimmy Bruni betters that in sector two. We've had Michelle Gatting with a purple sector. Richard leads with a purple sector, getting quicker and quicker as we get down through this order. And it's got to be done early, this, hasn't it? This, uh, you've got one, maybe two, maximum three chances. Yeah. But there's also a question about tyres, because although obviously the Goodyear tyre is built as an endurance tyre and therefore produces great performance across a stint, when you're looking for the absolute best times out of it, maybe you do get two or three laps and then it might be time to change. Um, and time's going to be really trickling away by the point we get to halfway through. We haven't yet seen Ricard Leitz no. cross the line. He's, he did he's come pitted. out. He's, pitted. he's done two laps. Yeah, he's pitted at the end of his what would have been his flying, flying lap. lap. 
Uh, yeah, Lots okay. gone goes to the top of the timing uh, scoring though with a 147.120. That's uh, what's that? 67,000 top on Palo Roberti. So it's the 95 TF Sport car leads the session at the moment. But uh, he's nerfed back a little by Alessio Rivera goes top from Alessandro Pierguidi. So Rivera into the 146s quicker than the factory driver. Pierre Guidi in the 55, so 88 from 55. The 88 car has won place this year. Missed the first round in Barcelona. Leads back in the session. Was that a loose wheel, a vibration, maybe even a puncture that needed to be rectified? But Ricard Leeds makes it the full complement of nine cars again. Jean-Maria Bruni hasn't yet set a time he had uh, track Fine. limits uh, deletion. OK, so Bruni's no time, 77, and the 93 car is a different drama in that it needed to bring the pits unexpectedly, therefore not the ideal start to the session for Proton competition for either of their cars. Alessio Rivera, real talent in the 88 when it comes to World Endurance Championship racing and the ELMS, and he tops the times by just over a quarter of a second from guest driver Pierre Guidi, Ross Gunn in the Aston, and then Paolo Roberti in another Ferrari for Iron Lynx, the best of their three cars. Gatting into the pits, though, and Miguel Molina making a stop too. So, again, is this a planned tyre change? You do one run, then you pit for a, another set of Goodyear Eagles and push again for a second dose. It will be the case. Ross Gunn put in a purple sector first round, comes in, though, uh, for those tyres. Effectively one shot at that, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that to do with the heat of the day as well? You know, you, you've got peak performance maybe on one lap, and this will have been something assessed in the free practice sessions uh, yesterday and this morning. There was 90 minutes worth of uh, FP1 yesterday afternoon. FP2 took place bright and early this morning at 8.45, again for 90 minutes. Yeah, Greedy goes through with a second lap and goes to pole position. Remember, these tyres are limited for qualifying and the race. So what it may well be is they're just putting the load into the tyres with one qualifying run and doing that with two separate sets. Yeah. And that, so. might, that might well be because of the heat, that actually the degradation they get on the one uh, the one set could be more than they were prepared to countenance. Richard, Richard Leitz coming through now to start his first flying lap. Remember, he pitted at, uh, at the end of his very first flyer, technical attempt, so has not completed a flying lap, goes around the outside of Ross Gunn. He's outlapped after putting on new good years. This is another session as it might well come together right at the very end again. We're under three minutes to go in this quick fire 10 minute session. Almost porpoising from front to back there was the 93 car because Leeds was pressing that middle pedal as hard as he could. No ABS on these cars, unlike the GT3s that took part in the Michelin Le Mans Cup competition. And Leeds then with time to make up, in every definition of that phrase, running wide but not too wide out of the second Lesmos. And now has the chance to pull through the gears to allow that 4.2 litre flat six in the middle of this Porsche to really uh, go on full song and into the Variante Ascari. Neither of these Porsches has yet produced a flying lap. That's about to change in just a few seconds' time. Ricard Leitz very much on it. On his outlap after changing tyres. Now, the important thing here for Ricard Leitz is to complete this flying lap, get time on the board. It looks quick. Does look very quick. His full commitment, possibly losing and leaving a couple of percentage off the table to make sure he stays within the track limit 
which he cannot afford to have a time deleted in the 93 car because he's out of his rhythm a little bit. But where's he going to go? third place for Ricard Leitz in the Proton competition Porsche the emerald green version and he will get one more stab at it because there was enough time left on the clock to get around and that will see him see the chequered flag I reckon so he ain't yep. gonna get another one beyond this so he's got to be convincing here if he's gonna see front row action tomorrow just on the mock cup race later on today but tomorrow for the four hours of Monza 42 cars around this fantastic Monza circuit. Again, very neat and tidy from Leeds through the second chicane there. Aston Martin not very far away of Ross Gunn, and leaping quick. over the curves. And quick, yes. as is Jimmy Bruni. Both of those cars on potential front row pace at the moment. Yeah, Paolo Roberti's really hustling on, Jean-Marie Bruni still not got a time yet for the 77 Proton competition Porsche, so he's going to have this lap and possibly no more. No, it will be no more. Because yeah, he's even further behind than, uh, than the uh, Leeds car. So green car into Ascari is 93, the all-white Aston Martin will follow suit now into uh, turn eight and clean, cleanly into the third of three sectors. Plenty of curves being used all over the place by Ross Gunn. Then the WeatherTech backed 77 Porsche, uh, which has Jean-Marie Bruni at the wheel of it. And uh, this will be the only time triggered by the Italian. Miguel yeah, Molina also on a quick lap. Pierre Guidi has made it across the line before the chequered flag to start another fast run here. So we'll be able to respond if any of these cars leapfrog his time. So uh, these are going to be the final times for all these cars. Roscoe goes second. Ricard Leitz. Jimmy Bruni goes third. Ricard Leitz did cross the line with the chequered flag and will do no better than fifth. And Michel Gatting leapfrogs Paolo Roberti, although I think just immediately has that time being needed. Uh, so briefly, Gatting was at Roberti. No, it'll be Roberti going even faster, won't it? So no deletion. It's uh, Gatting and Roberti switching places. Ricard Leitz, I think, has had the time deleted because he no. was higher than that. There's all sorts of shuffling yeah, going on here. What's happened there is it's, uh, it was... It was Big up Molina, it's Big up Molina uh, improving that, that shuffled him back. OK, well, Rivera also improved to put him up to second as well, the 88 car, because briefly Rivera was down in fifth. That's right, uh, but which means, of course, that Alessandro Pierguidi does not need to improve. Yeah. He will be, come what may... It was quite literally musical chairs behind him. Um, uh, but, yeah, uh, even though Pierre Guidi is still out on track um, and hasn't yet received the chequered flag, he's back well off, hasn't he? Uh, he has, doesn't need to. He yeah. doesn't need to. He's already on pole position. But we have seen one other little drama because we're going to see bookend this uh, field with Alessandro Pierre Guidi. I think we'll pit the car here. Talk about that lap in a moment. But Miguel Molina has lost his flying lap and now will start this race at the back of the GTE uh, field. I don't think there's a single person in this paddock that won't be delighted that the 55 car on this weekend of all weekends is on pole position. Mm. Well done, Ali. And um, you heard what we've got to say about all of that at the start of this session. That goes straight into the scrutineering bay with the Ferrari factory driver. Pole position for Duncan Cameron for David Perel, for Alessandro Pierguidi and for Matt Griffin. Quite right too. And, yeah, the 55 car um, on course potentially for a very good weekend. 
Uh, we will wait and see, but uh, congratulations to Alessandro Pierguidi, who knows this place like the back of his hand quite clearly and uh, has done the business there in this fourth round of the championship. Just tracking back to see whether that's a, actually a first pole of the year for the 55. I'll need to um, just interrogate the figures. Uh, they haven't had many anyway, um, but I'll get to that. Pierre Greedy, David Perel we will see later. Duncan Cameron are the victorious squad with Alessio Rivera for AF Corsa and Ross Gunn for TF Sport completing the top three. Get some confirmation of the times very, very shortly. But also a chance to catch up with actually not Pierre Guidi because, of course, he's busy in post-session scrutineering. But we can hear from one of his co-drivers at Spirit of Race. That's right. I'm joined here by Duncan Cameron, driver of car number 55 Spirit of Race. What a fantastic start, of course, getting polled by Alessandro Peraguidi. I mean, it's been a tough few days. Um, we all appreciate that, and we, um, we obviously send our regards to uh, Matt Griffin. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, concerning the race, great start with this poll today. Yeah, the Alley did a uh, fantastic job. Obviously, uh, yeah, you're right to point out that Matt's dad, Matt, uh, died in the week, so he's at the uh, funeral in, uh, in uh, Ireland, uh, so I guess we're going to dedicate this one to him. But, yeah, great start for the weekend. Thank you very much, Duncan. Thank you. Duncan Cameron, as uh, the bronze element of their team then, who will be racing probably in the opening stint tomorrow uh, with an 11 o'clock start for the four hours of Monza. It is a first pole of the year for Spirit of Race, I thought so. We've actually had a different car on pole in each of the four sessions so far this year with the 77 Proton Competition Porsche, the WeatherTech car taking the first pole, 88 AF Corsa car, a win at Red Bull Ring from pole position, and the 95 TF Sport Aston Martin was the quickest car at Le Castellet. Yeah, so that's... 55 makes it four different uh, pole sitters. Just to show, doesn't that sometimes balance performance works? Uh, great stuff, but also a tribute as well to just the attacking style of these drivers. There is the overall qualifying result in this nine-car GTE class. Yeah, 0 0.066 of a second separating the top four cars. Spirit of Race, AF Corsa, TF Sport and Proton Competition. The 77 car left it very, very late indeed to set that time, but it's a 1.46 that is good enough for pole position and our fourth different pole sitter of the season. Could it be six different uh, pole sitters by the end of the year, I wonder? It's just a smidge, by the way, over half a second between the top seven in that order. That's how marginal uh, this all was. So we get ready very soon for LMP3, and that's Alessandro Pierre Guidi being congratulated. Correctly so. And... Yeah, the 88 car, uh, having taken a pole earlier this year, uh, is carrying some weight because of its championship position. So I think that has had a say as well. Remember uh, that uh, on three different tables, a, a amount of weight, either 15, 10 or 5 kilos, is added to your car. It sort of sits in where the passenger seat would normally go, fairly low down, so low centre of gravity for the extra ballast. But it's applied three times, that 15, 10, 5 scale, as to the top three positions in the championship and then the top three in the previous two races. Uh, and that's been a thing now, I think, for two and a bit seasons 
something else to factor in. Additionally to the balance of performance, yes, of course, whether you're racing in a Ferrari, a Porsche or an Aston, they are bopped together. The balance of performance organised at the start of the year, and that's done partially through weight, but also through control of the turbo, if your car carries a turbo, and uh, restrictor size, that sort of thing. But then there's the kind of more bog-standard success ballast, which is additional. Don't have to worry about that, though, in LMP3 racing. The balance of performance more so done on pit stops, actually, uh, because uh, it, although it's not championship-dependent, all of these cars will have to do two long stops come the four hours tomorrow. The third and final stop can be as quick as you like, and it's your decision where you take that short stop. Not necessarily the final stop. When well, indeed, no. Yeah, See, exactly. This is where we've seen this in LMP3 from the very start of this new rule set, which is that the team strategy can focus around when you take the quick stop and when you burn those longer stops. Yeah. Uh, so it does all come together right at the end. It's one of the things we love about this class. But it's going to be 15 cars, mix of uh, Ligier, for the most part, and Duquesne chassis uh, in this European Le Mans series session. Some big teams, big names. It's another step up the endurance racing ladder, uh, both in terms of the series and in terms of the class. Looking here uh, through the United Autosports car. Yeah, one of a couple in yep. the entry, the two and the three cars, with uh, Wayne Boyd labelled against the number two at the moment. I would think it will be Wayne doing qualifying because he was proved to be the qualifying king last year, although Edward Coobey trying to take that crown off him at times. Uh, Martin Hipper with Mattia Pessini and Hugo de Vilde will be the lineup in the number 13 car. There's a story there, though. Well, that's that's the that's a reshuffle at Inter-Europol. We get a chance to have a look at the car there with the black rear bodywork after a substantial hit for the car in one of the free practice sessions earlier in the weekend. But uh, Inter-Europol, another reshuffle for their squad as they go in search of well, a title that's just eluded them year after year. Is it three times they've been runners-up in LMP3? Yeah, I think so. Um, and very often in that gaggle that could potentially take the championship win, if not second, into the final race of the year. Uh, we are at halfway point now, of course, having done three races in the ELMS. And after this fourth round of the season, everybody goes into a bit of ELMS hibernation in order for the 24 hours of Le Mans to take place. You can't enter that race in an LMP3, but there are many teams in LMP3 who are in the race as part of their LMP2 um, dedication, their loyalty to the ELMS championship. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Pit lane is now open. LMP3 qualifying has started. Please remind the driver about track limits. It was gathered that wasn't Eduardo Freitas. I did. I a, did. That's a, the assistant Lisa. I'm sure Eduardo is busy at the moment waterboarding the uh, driver of the Team Farage car from the earlier session. But uh, the uh, session now underway, of course. Good to hear a bit of variety. I know, it's great. Yeah, really good. And, um, you know, Eduardo realises perhaps his career cannot continue infinitely. So it's always good to have a, yeah, a play, plan for the next. Playing with fire there, Johnny Palmer. Um, OK, maybe. I'm just seeing on the screens there, Johnny Palmer. I mean, he's control. No biscuits. Know, the queue's far too long. <laughs> It'll be mid-week mid by the time I get to see Eduardo, <laughs> judging by the level of uh, sheets on his in-tray currently. So thankfully I'm safe. Well, I'll be safe till Le Mans, and yeah. then he might want a word. 
Anyway, let's move swiftly on because uh, we have the cars infiltrating the Monza circuit very swiftly indeed now. Martin Hipper in the Inter-Europol 13. It's Marius Zug in the 14 car. Wayne Boyd, as expected. Duncan Tappy will join him in the three car. So Boyd in the two. Duncan Tappy in the sister three car. Laurence Hoer for DKR Engineering Pilots car four. MV2S Racing Fabian Leverne. Austin McCusker in the first of the two Nielsen Racing cars, number six. But Colin Noble in the sister car seven. David Drew for Graffin car eight. Uh, uh, Matthias Kaiser in the sister car and the French squad. Uh, David Hauser for Racing Experience. Hugo de Vilde for Inter Europol, as I've mentioned. Matt, uh, uh, Malta Jakobsen for RLRM Sport. One aim Villaubacorsa has Demiano Fioravanti, Nicholas Cruton for Cool Racing number 19 and finally Garrett Grist for Team Virage. Let's hope for better fortunes for Team Virage after difficulties in Michelin Le Mans Cup qualifying session with their 16 car. Completely different chassis of course uh, in this race or this session for the race tomorrow. And some very quick drivers indeed in this session. This could be very close indeed. Already just eight minutes to go as we've got the cars now for onto their first uh, flying laps and car 18 already in trouble. Here's the car we're looking at now, the one over the Corsa car, crossing the white line at pit exits. That's uh, the blend line which delineates uh, the area that uh, is designated the exit line and the racetrack. It's like a concrete wall in one direction and invisible in the other. So Lance uh, changed there to the livery this weekend, the what I'm going to call Nemo liveried DQR engineering car now. We're looking to find Nemo, he's there behind the RLR car. Didn't take long. No. Normally you need 90 minutes of, uh, to, to fully discover that. But uh, no, very, very quick. It's, I like that, though. It's a smart addition to the colour scheme. And heading down into the third sector now, the line of which starts pretty much at the underneath the bridge and the route into Varianti Ascari. Crucial to get a good run through there, threading your way through the kerbs to head onto the straight and up towards the parabolica. But tyre temperature still being built, particularly by the number four car of four. And he's backing off Malte Jakobsen to give himself the run here. So Malte Jakobsen, we're going to be staying with through parabolica. He comes down this lap. Um, Nicholas Cruton, I noticed, came out into the session, then back into the pits very quickly, and okay. now has rejoined once more. So, potentially dramas at Cool Racing, although maybe they'd already planned that and perhaps switched the tyres diagonally. Maybe didn't see the stop, so don't know for sure. That's a by the way. A fine first offering, a 144.5. And that's not been matched yet as the other cars come streaming through. Closest comes Colin Noble, the number seven Nielsen racing car. 144.5 plays 144.6. It's a further half a second back then into the 145 as Damiano Fioravanti and that number 18 one envelope reporter car, though there might be problems ahead for that. But to the top of timing and scoring as I've just scrolled through that lot goes Wayne Boyd with a 144.166 but smiled back on the faces of United Autosports who've not had a good day. No, fair to say, but uh, due to things going on in LMP2 rather than in this part of the classification. Um, so Boyd ahead of Jakobsen, make that now Ugo de Vilde slotting between the two. There wasn't a great deal of space to do that, but he's managed to wedge a gap open on the timing screen and into Europol competition go into second ahead of RLRM Sport, MV2S, the team from France, and Nielsen Racing's Colin Noble. 
See where Garrett Christ is going to pop in here. He's not completed a flying lap yet. Does so now, goes second. And less than a tenth back from Wayne Boyd, so already setting up what looks like it's going to be well, a season-long duel between those two and others. Jans Hurt, meanwhile, um, we saw him backing out on that lap, building up that tyre temperature. He's currently sitting 14th, but going very quickly indeed. And uh, Malta Jakobsen goes to the top briefly because Lawrence Hurt takes that position. It's a 1.43.1 now. And that is over half a second to the good over Malta Jakobsen, over a second quicker than Wayne Boyd. Yeah. Also improving, Austin McCusker gained him a couple of places until Damiano Fioravanti also improved. A lot of this is going to be down to in what place you are in the order that will release from the pit lane. Because obviously the further back you are, the more time potentially you've got, as long as you beat the checkered flag. And that's... Uh, the matter of fact, really, that will bring the session to a close. So ahead of the checkered flag and the last runner is the ideal situation. You might be able to snap pole position. Duquesne, faster than all of the Liches. Laurence Hoer and DKR Engineering. The only other Duquesne in the entry is Racing Experiences. David Hauser's car, number 12, and he's way down. He's 12th place, in yeah. fact. Wayne Board improves, but he still sticks tenths back from the session's leader so far. Uga de Vilda goes quicker. Still, he's four tenths back. So we've got one, two, three, four cars now in the 143s. They are Deco Engineering's Lawrence Hur, Uga de Vilda in the 13 into Europe Bowl car. The number two United All Sports car in the hands of Wayne Boyd and Melfi Jakobsen, uh, the Danish youngster in the 15 RLR M Sport car. One, two, three, four. Garrett Gristo makes it five and goes third quickest in the number 22 garage car. Four tenths of a second for De Vilde or Grist or Boyd to try and find the gap's actually bigger for the Ulsterman by another two tenths of a second, but very tight indeed for that top four. With Malta Jakobsen now back into the top four with a potentially a second row start alongside Garrett Grist. Kula will cross the line does improve, yeah. 143.127 he already had provisional pole so the gap's now up to 4 tenths of a second over Hugo de Vilde Garrett Grist in third for Team Virage but there are a number of cars about to cross the line we've still got just over 2.5 minutes left on the clock with a lap time taking a minute and 43 big lap underway at the moment from uh, from Wayne Boyd, another big lap underway at the moment from Hugo de Vilde and another big lap underway from Garrett Grist they're three of the chasing cars at the moment uh, for Florence Hurd They've got work to do. Wayne Boyd goes second. The gap now under four tenths. 143.4 plays 143.1. Think of anything. Uga uh, de Vilde is quicker here. As uh, David Drew goes third. David yes. Drew comes uh, up to third in the number eight graph car. Where That's is de Vilde? Here he comes across the line now. Where is he going to end up? And the answer is he goes second unless it's half a tenth off the pole position time. It's time to go again here. Still waiting for Garrett Grist here. It's time to go again and once more for Hugo de Vilde because he crossed the line within a lap time. Now we've got 1 minute 43 to go and less. So anybody crossing the line now will get one more lap and no further, this including is Grist. Grist. Third. Third position for the 20 team garage car for the Canadian driver. So 0.3 of a second away from Laurence Hoare. 
big gap now as far as the start line is concerned. And uh, is this crucial that Lawrence Hoare has got ahead in terms of road position of Malta Jakobsen? So there's now clear road ahead of Lawrence Hoare who will cross the line. Will it be another improvement? No. No, no that was, I think, a bit of a cool down lap. Now Maybe. he's got his one chance to improve. I think he will need to, uh, he will feel the need to put down a marker here in the early part of this lap. Jakobsen hasn't come through, he's gone into the pits, that's why. So no more offerings from the Dane, and that might leave the door open to Lawrence Hoare, and potentially Hugo De Vilder as well, because De Vilder's only 63 thousandths of a second away from Lawrence Hoare's time. And De Vilder should get across the line to force another lap out of the session. He might be the last one to cross the line. Now, a moment or two ago, the 14 car of Marius Zug missed his braking point into the second chicane, did entirely the correct thing as dictated in the driver's briefing, going the right side of the bollard, the right-hand side of the bollard, to then safely rejoin. Wayne Boyd has come through and does not improve. But because, in fact, his uh, lap time has deleted that time around. He's got one more shot at doing this. Checkered flag is going to be out in just a couple of seconds' time. Who's got anything left in the pot here? There comes the checkered flag. First to, to cross the, the line is going to be Garrett Grist, I think. Yes, it is. What can he do here? He's on a quick lap here. He does improve his time, but not his position. He's less than a tenth of a second off pole position. He'll be gutting with that. Yeah. But uh, it's a 143-219. Plays a 143-127. Ugo de Vilda, though, is going quicker. Somebody else who will get this lap, uh, yeah, has forced another lap out of the session is Nicholas Cruton. Now, the problem for Nicholas is he's down in ninth place, so really needs to turn up the wick. He's just done a 33.9 through the first sector, but de Vilda improving on this lap, Wayne Boyd improving on this lap, David Drew also up through the first and second sector in the French graph car. And crucially, David Drew at the moment is up on the pole time after two sectors. If he can put together a solid uh, sector here in the final run down to the flag, it could be David Drew taking this at the line. Also, Ugo de Vilda doing a uh, cracking job Even out there. faster, arguably. This is on predictive times, but yes, Ugo de Vilda could do something very special with this. Wayne Boyd crosses the line. It's no improvement for the Ulsterman. He'll stay fourth, but what about de Vilda and what about David Drew? Drew will cross the line now. Doesn't do it. Doesn't get there. 143.4 is his best lap of the session, but only puts him fourth and therefore ahead of Wayne Boyd. So we're waiting for Ugo de Vilda. 63 thousandths of a second to play with. Has he got there, no! 53 thousandths per second. 53 thousandths, so he gained 100 of a second. second, and he needed six, seven hundredths of a second, pretty much, to leapfrog Laurence Hoare, and it wasn't enough. As I say, partway through that lap, after two splits had been completed, he was just about in hand, I think, but uh, it, it, it was, was that final sector of 35 seconds, which was just a bit too slow. But the other thing to remember here is the difference in the car, the strength in different parts of this circuit, so the Ligier clearly had a little bit uh, more something in the more technical yeah. part of this, uh, this, this circuit, but the Duquesne, with its straight-line speed, that third sector was what nailed it there for Lawrence Hur. Plus, of course, frankly, the talent he's shown all, all season so far. This number four car has been the class of the field. Yeah.
No, it's, uh, it's certainly not all down to the way that that uh, Duquesne uh, heads around this circuit. Uh, an awful lot of credit, again, goes the way of uh, Laurence Hoare. So congratulations to him for getting victory, uh, uh, getting the pole position, rather, in the number four car in uh, that uh, slightly redesigned paintwork, but I kind of like it. And uh, that car now heading into the pit lane. But it's an interesting point you make about uh, that final sector, particularly being all about the quick stuff, the straight out of Escari. Well, you've got the Escari chicane as well, so you need to be good at turning point at turn eight and then uh, acceleration and retaining that speed on the straight out of 10 into turn 11 at the Parabolica and then the run to the line. It's another session this afternoon, Johnny, with three cars at the top of the field here within a tenth of a second. And it's the top ten within a single second. Uh, very close stuff indeed, in particular at the end there. And uh, Lawrence Hur will have had to show considerable bottle there. Uh, well, nothing you could do to defend it. It was about other other drivers attacking that uh, that lap that he'd actually uh, gone with. But uh, cracking ten minutes of qualifying again. Three poles in a row now for Laurence Hoare and the number four DKR engineering team. Let's head to the squad and get some word from his co-driver. Yes, well, I'm joined here by driver of car number four for DKR Engineering, Mathieu de Barbois. What a fantastic job by your teammate, Lawrence Hur, getting pole position here. Of course, it's the best start before the four hours that will take place tomorrow. Yeah, of course. Uh, my teammate did a really good lap. Uh, he permits me to take the pole for tomorrow, so I hope the start will be great, and uh, I just do my best for, for him. Now, Monza, you've never actually driven here before. Yeah. Just tell us about how you know, you're approaching the race tomorrow. How have you been preparing for it? Um, I think the most difficult part will be the start, obviously, with the first chicane. Um, but after, I just have to make my race. Just uh, don't make a mistake, and uh, everything will be OK. Great. Well, thank you very much, Mathieu. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Well, thank you. there's a little bit of inside information we're receiving there then because it will be Mathieu for the starting stint. And, of course, uh, those of you that have been following the European Le Mans series will recognise that that's another uh, partner for uh, Laurence Hur. It's been mm. a switched squad around Laurence Hur every single race indeed. And uh, we'll have a bit more information for you about the talents of that young man uh, that's going to be joining him for race tomorrow. But Mathieu de Barbois uh, has been in action uh, as part of an ELMS weekend before because he's raced in the Michelin Le Mans Cup, did the previous round at Le Castellet last month with Isla Agron. Uh, so has experience of the Duquesne, but not a lot else, actually. Mathieu very early on in his career. Isn't this his first year in cars? I think he's out just out of karting. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah, I don't have anything else on his, uh, on his bio apart from that one race at Le Castellet, and that includes other championships as well. 143.127 for DKR, a third pole of the year, as I say. Ha a half a hundredth, or half a tenth, I should say, ahead of the inter-Europol competition car of the chasing Ugo, Ugo de Vilde and Garrett Grist for Team Virage in third, ahead of Graf. United RLR M Sport with their number 15 car. MV2S Racing of France ahead of a fellow French squad. The sister car at Graf Car 9 is uh, eighth ahead of Cool Racing and United Autosports with David Hauser for racing experience finishing 11th. The seven Nielsen Racing car in 12th. And we move swiftly on now with uh, LMP2s, 19 of them displayed on my screen. We're not expecting the full 19, though, are we? Uh, no, we're not, what's we're on the list? We're expecting 18 of these cars yeah. in this session. 
and that's with the removal from the order of the number 32 car, the United Auto Sports car, and uh, unfortunately that's because of a positive COVID test result for Jan van Utrecht. Get well soon, Job. Yeah, absolutely, because, um, you know, th that car has uh, been having a good season and will be, therefore, a big miss uh, so far this year. They managed to get a podium uh, last time out at Lucas de Lay with a 32 car, finishing behind the sister machine of Phil Hansen, Jonathan Aberdeen and Tom Gamble in the 22. And uh, last time out, we had a win for Roman Rusinov, Franco Colapinto and Nick de Vries in their G-Drive Racing Aurus. Now, Nick de Vries is busy in New York this weekend in Formula E, so it'll be Mikkel Jensen back into the G-Drive fold. And also uh, busy this weekend as the newly named uh, uh, reserve driver for the Audi efforts in Formula E is Harry Tinknell. That means the return of Logan Sargent, uh, overall pole setter at the Red Bull Ring, his very first run in LMP2, and he's been very quick indeed in free practice. It's going to be interesting to see just who is fielded in which cars. Uh, there are the two uh, G-Drive cars, fielded, of course, uh, with the assistance of Algar Pro. Just the right of shot, there is the Algar Pro badged car. Uh, we'll see uh, later as we run through the qualifying session the three guesting cars from the FI World Endurance Championship that are with us this weekend as well. This is the number 28, the Edex Sport car, one of two fielded by the French squad. Their primary car, I think, I think it's fair to say. This is certainly their car in the, in the, in the, in the overall LMP2 class. They're the 92 car. This is the very familiar Racing Team Netherlands car. Uh, one of our regulars in the FI World Endurance Championship. And two drivers being fielded here, Fritz van Eerd and Guido van der Gaard. And numbered car, 92. You're normally the 29 car, of course, in WC competition. You yeah. see similarly renumbering of another of the guesting cars when we see that car a little later. And uh, some kind of cool font on that uh, number 92 race number as well. Almost like a basketball type uh, yeah. number that's displayed on the back of the shirts, I would suggest. That might be uh, my eyes more than anything else. But stylized number 70 as well. This is another entry from the WEC. It is, but uh, great to see them returning real team racing to the Elias Paddock here with us last year, of course, in LMP3. Graduated not only to LMP2, but to the WEC uh, this season and have been doing very well indeed. Uh, so great to see them back uh, as the team practice and prepare for the WEC next weekend. This is the number 30 Duquesne team Orica. Uh, new black and green livery for this year. Christian Gomondi, Rene Binder, Memo Rojas, our double LMS champion. 41, has been one of the standout performers as Team WRT joined the European Le Mans series this season for the very first time. This is all about that pyramid again, Johnny, yeah. and steps up that pyramid. Exciting news this week. Um, about even further convergence, and that's going to open up opportunities for the teams we have here and beyond. Drivers, teams, sponsors, you name it. It's an exciting time to be part of the world of endurance racing, and lots of these teams are going to be looking to show what they've got in terms of pace, experience, strategy, the lot, as we go green flag for the 10-minute sessions that will determine the grid for tomorrow's four hours of Monza. A reminder that this is a two-pronged entry in LMP2. You can enter as a, a full pro lineup, although you still require a silver-rated driver in the fully professional 
trios, which generally speaking about certainly as championship regulars, it is trios. Uh, if you're in Pro-Am, then that means your driver combination in includes a bronze. And we've already seen race wins for uh, Charlie Eastwood and Sally Yolich as part of Racing Team Turkey. Last time out, a victory in that class for John Faub and Rui Andrade from G-Drive in the second round of the season. And the opener in Barcelona was taken by Ultimate, a car we just caught a glimpse of, in fact, on the working apron. Car 29 in that metallic cherry red and white livery. That's a team that's been impressive this season. Their debut season in the European Le Mans series in LMP2. Put in some fine performances so far. The uh, additions you can see, by the way, on top of these cars, they're camera pods. And uh, if you're watching tomorrow, live the race, just dip into. I think we've got two cars this year, uh, this this race rather, will have the full in-car race live. The 17 need export car, the car with the Era Motorsport squad aboard, and Racing Team Turkey, this car, the 34 car. Of sport assisted by Jota Sport, another, in fact, the other uh, WC car that is here this weekend, numbered the 82, with Sean Galel, their regular WC driver, and Jasmine Jafar returning to the squad. Mm. It's great to see Jazz back, a WC race winner, first ever all Asian driver squad to win a WC race in any class, and that uh, came at Fuji just a couple of three years ago. So these camera pods, does every car have a camera, or have we got to the point where... Every F car's got a pod. Like F1 used to be, Correct. you actually had a dummy camera of the same weight. Because there's a weight and aerodynamic yes. um, yeah, matter to be taken well, into aerodynamic is, is arguably more of a moot point because it's so high on the car, yep. uh, and you're looking to get the airflow just right across these prototypes. So whether that camera is live or not, if you like, a, a kind of dummy version of it, uh, is also on the, some of the cars to the exact same weight and dimensions of uh, what a working camera would be. Make it all fair for everyone. Drivers then that are taking to the racetrack early on in the session. Ben Hanley for Dragon Speed. Uh, Jonathan Aberdeen in the 22 United Autosports car. Ferdinand Habsburg for Algarve Pro. One or two stragglers in the pit lane, including Roberto Mary, who now joins the session in his G-Drive Racing Aurus. Um, not yet sure who's going to be in the 17 EDEC Sport. Orica. All the 26 hours. Loic Duval will be piloting the real team racing car. Remember, Loic uh, on course for a uh, combination with Esteban Garcia tomorrow, a two-driver entry, mainly to make sure that Esteban Garcia gets plenty of track time. Indeed. Get a van der Garde, we've already mentioned. It's Jasmine Jafar in the, in the 82 Jota car. Loic Duval, previous course world champion in the FI World Endurance Championship, is aboard that real team racing car. James Allen. Uh, pilots the Panis racing car Louis Delatraz is in the WRT car and we're beginning to get times through and to the top goes Jonathan Aberdeen uh, from Ferdy Habsburg so two drivers coming out of DTM uh, going well here Louis Delatraz though decides that's enough of that boys and he goes to the top one for the second up in the number 41 team WRT car of 138.002 for the Swiss driver. Two pole positions to date for the 26 G-Drive car, and we've also had one for Racing Team Turkey when Logan Sargent did the business at the Red Bull ring, despite that being 
a Pro-Am entered LMP2 car. There's no additional point for a Pro-Am pole. And it's really, I mean, that's mainly because you can put your pro driver out during qualifying. So it's a straight fight for the lone point and then different championship points assigned tomorrow, depending on which class you're in. In fact, Logan Sargent has come straight back in, has not yet set a flying lap time. So we have a at the moment on a quick lap in response to Louis Delatraz's provisional pole setting time. James Allen pops up in third now. It's two purple sectors from the United Autosports van. Aberdeen in the number 22 car. Loic Duval sets a banker. Would have expected a bit more, though, from Loic. A 140.1 could have been caught up in some traffic, mind you. And has that time taken away from him? Because he drops all of a sudden down to 17th place. Which means he could have had a moment. And yeah, that could explain both things. Good point. Vincent Capillaire improving to jump ahead of Mathieu Lehay to go second of the Pro-Am runners, but plenty of callers now into the pit lane. We've had over half of the session. I would think that is for a new batch of Goodyear tyres, therefore. Ferdinand Habsburg goes through, sets fourth fastest time. It's an improvement. It's a 138.3. He's just under three tenths off. Then comes another 41 car. Louis from the top of the times. Jonathan Aberdeen came in after setting two purple sectors. Yeah. So that was a strange one. So, yeah, bails out of potentially a very good lap indeed. It must have been a big mistake in the final sector, maybe, at Ascari. Or Massive confidence in what they've still got in the, in the tank. Yeah, it would have to be. Um, 0.237 of a second away from Louis Delatraz. WRT haven't yet taken a pole this year. They are in the perfect position to do so. Gita van der Garde goes up to fifth position on the order. And Hamley sixth and pits. Right together is the 26 G-Drive car and the 28 entry from Edex Sport. And Edex Sport's seven, uh, 28 car has Paul Luke Chatter at the wheel. The 17 car, which I was scampering away for at the start of the session, Ryan Diel, who was fairly late joining. Have we mentioned it's Franco Colapinto in the 26? No. I'm not sure we did, but it is. time driver. To set a flying lap on that flying lap now, should things come together for him. Delatraz from Aberdeen, both now on an out lap. James Allen, Ferdy Habsburg, Gide van der Garde, Ben Hanley, Nico Lapierre, Paul Le Chatin, Vincent Capillaire, and Ryan Diel are the top 10 in this 18 car field now. Over the line goes Ferdinand Habsburg. That was an improvement to put him second. So Algarve Pro Racing onto the front row again to join Louis Delatraz and Team WRT. Two minutes and 45 seconds still to go. It's WRT, Algarve Pro and United, the top three. But is it about to be a new name in the top three? Because very quick indeed on this lap, a quick opening sector, a purple middle sector. And coming now down towards the Parabolica is the 26 car with Franco Colapinto at the wheel. What can he do about the trio that topped the times? I think he's going to get in amongst them. This will be the first time... Goes to the top. Yeah, it will. It's the first time uh, for that G-Drive car produced by that car. We've had to wait nearly eight minutes for it, but Colo Pinto makes it count, and the Aurus to the top of the time, so that will potentially be a second pole in a row for car 26, but there's plenty yet to unfold, including maybe improvement for Ferdinand Habsburg in the white and green 24 Algarve Pro car, heading for Ascari now. He's going very quickly indeed. That was the first lap into the 37s, by the way, of the session, under two minutes 
minutes to go. 137-648 for Franco Colapinto. And he goes purple again in the first sector. He's not done yet. What response now from the rest of these oh, the experienced LMP2 drivers and teams to G Drive's 26 car, the Arasira 1 Russian flagged entry. Argentine driver, multinational stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Jonathan Aberdeen, it looks as if he's going to be challenging, as does Logan Sargent. They've both rapid succession set purple first sectors. Louis Delatraz is responding as well. Do not tune elsewhere. The next two minutes is going to be very exciting indeed. Jasmine Jafar's just crossed the line for Jota, but did not see improvement. So the third of our additions in LMP2 staying in 13th place. 22, Jonathan Aberdeen, still room for improvement for the South African, running in fourth in qualifying at the moment and heading underneath the bridge on the run into Ascari. Body language of that car looking very aggressive indeed. Cola Pinto, Delatraz, Habsburg on a flyer and also Aberdeen is up through the first sector. Sasta for Logan Sargent, he was looking on a pole session, a pole kind of sort of pace, but he can have this lap deleted for track limits. And also, car 41 under investigation for not respecting blue flags. Guido van der Garde crosses the line. No improvement there for the Dutchman, staying in sixth place for racing team Nederland. Also, across the line in that batch was the 35 car. Shuffling around there, that's Sogan, no, Logan Sargent, rather, for racing team Turkey to go third in the 34 car. Logan has already got a pole to his name this season. That was his fifth lap, so that lap will count. So Colapinto from Delatraz, Sargent, Habsburg, Aberdeen. Should say, by the way, all of those drivers, first season drivers in the LMS. Yeah. Check it flags out now. Rene Binder across the line does improve, but still midfield in seventh for another Austrian driver and the Duquesne team. Next car across the line will be the 24 of Algarve Pro Racing. Who pits? So Ferdinand Habsburg didn't feel like he was on for anything special. Jasmine Jafar staying 10th in car nine, car 82 for Jota. Amazing stuff in the front of this uh, this uh, lineup, though. It is a purple middle sector from Franco Colapinto. It's a purple first sector from Delui Delatraz. It's a quick first sector as well from Logan Sargent. They are top three. Aberdeen as well. Aberdeen potentially yep. on for something a bit special as well. So you've got our eyes everywhere here. The first car to cross the line will be Franco Colapinto with a 137.646 to try and beat. He has gone faster to extend the gap at the front for Franco Colapinto, the 18-year-old Argentinian. Franco Colapinto crosses the line. Waiting for the next batch of cars. Movement in the midfield. Guido van der Garde gains a place, I reckon. Across the line will go 41. Louis Delatraz, not good enough. Aberdeen to second place, though, for United Order Sports in the 22 car. He left that incredibly late. But I think he's bagged himself a front row start there alongside Franco Cola Pinto. G Drive Racing Hours. United Order Sports Orica will be the top two. Ben Hanley as well, a big improvement. Up to fourth and shuffles Logan Sargent down to fifth. He's going to be disappointed with that effort. 
Still waiting for Ryan Diel in the 17 car, pits. but he heads to the pit. So that will confirm everybody is home at the end of that 10-minute session, which was cut and thrust throughout. And G-Drive Racing, in brackets, Algarve Pro, take another pole position. It will be the second in a row, having uh, taken the win and the pole last time out at Le Castellet. That was well delivered, wasn't it? Uh, first, by the way, top car in Pro-Am. Fourth overall in the order, that was Ben Hanley, the Dragon Speed USA, with 21 car, just ahead of Logan Sargent as the checkered flag came out. All came together again, didn't it? Right at the death, but that was great stuff. A decisive couple of laps from the young Argentinian. Here he is in the 26 car. His first pole position. Yeah, I was trying to remember back to who had set the time in the 26, but it was Nick de Vries. Yep. You're quite right. So Nick doing the business in the south of France last month, and Franco Colapinto in Nick de Vries's absence plugged in for qualifying duty, and uh, it's almost as if Nick was still here, frankly. <laughs> that, uh, that ability to just apply himself, I mean, you know, from a single-seater background, well used to qualifying format, you could say, but you are pedalling a two-seater sports car around Monza rather than the car all to yourself. Some transition, isn't it, for a young racer from a very light junior Formula car to something with much, much more power, much, much more aero and much more weight. Yeah, so mightily impressive. And we'll be hearing from one of his co-drivers for some reaction in a very short time. But uh, yeah, another point to the G-Drive Racing Aris's points tally. Well done to all involved at Algarve Pro Racing. Let's head to the team now and Hayley Edmonds for reaction. I'm down here, joined by driver of car number 26, Roman Rusinov for G-Drive Racing. What a fantastic qualifying uh, from Franco Colapinto. Um, just tell us about that, you know, I mean, putting you in great stead for the race tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, very important to be in pole here, especially for the turn one. Yeah, we knew that Franco is very fast. Yeah, so he gets this role here in Monza to do qualifying. And I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's not bad uh, what he did. Uh, to be honest, he was really, really fast, yeah. Yeah, great job, Franco. You mentioned turn one. Um, you know how tough it is here. I mean, how are you approaching? I'm, I'm referring, of course, to last year. I mean, how are you approaching this year? Yeah, but I think, you know, the main point is you just need someone intelligent behind who will not just question you, you know? It's exactly what happened in last year. So, so just one, someone crushing me and pushed me out of the track. So I think now starting at the front is much a better solution. Plus, when you're on pole, so you should control the race, I would say, from the beginning. And then I think the third degree will be a big issue here because yeah it's very hot you know so it will be hard on this thing too so I think yeah uh, let's see what happens tomorrow but yeah I think it's good to be on pole it's good to uh, job from all the team I think yeah everyone deserves this pole we work really hard so yeah let's uh, look for the race now thank you very much Roman and uh, if you don't remember what happened here last October um, Roman Rusinov started from pole position there was contact. He got caught on the curb yep. at turn one, sent him a lap down, and I think did damage to the radiator yep. or the cooling system. And then they were fighting that for the rest of the race. So from pole position, it just turned to disaster. They will be hoping for completely different fortunes in 2021. Franco Colapinto for G-Drive Racing takes the pole ahead of Jonathan Aberdeen for United and number 22. Louis Delatraz for Team WRT. 
uh, third ahead of Ben Hanley and Logan Sargent. That was an interesting duel, actually, between the two Pro-Am cars during qualifying that Ben Hanley eventually won. But Logan Sargent wasn't very far away. I reckon two thousandths of a second between those two cars. Bodes well for tomorrow's battling within LMP2 Pro-Am and, of course, through the main championship itself. A delight to call three ten-minute sessions there with Graham Goodwin. And uh, hopefully that has whetted your appetite to make sure you're with us from 10.30 local time for all the build-up tomorrow for an 11 o'clock start through till 3 o'clock, the four hours of Monza, which is round four of the 2021 European Le Mans series. Lots of stories already from this weekend leading into this round of the ELMS and a few more now to deal with after qualifying. But the grid is set for the fourth race of the season here in northern Italy. Be sure to join us for all the build-up tomorrow. From Graeme Goodwin and Johnny Palmer, it's bye-bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.